Kiora Koto, we're Jen and Jane, co-founders and online business coaches at Jen and Jane's Excellent Adventure. And this is your Excellent Adventure podcast. We're on a mission to help women strengthen their relationship with money, boundaries, and owning their CEO space. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into business strategies, mindset, and truth-telling about the areas of business ownership we rarely speak out loud. You'll find lots of swearing, lots of laughter, tips and tricks, and insightful coaching questions. And you'll leave feeling confident to tackle the roller coaster that is business. We're so glad you're here. The word CEO can bring up images of shoulder pads and dickheads, but what if we were able to redefine what CEO means for ourselves, leading to a whole new mindset? If you struggle with being a CEO in your own business and keep sliding into that employee headspace, this episode is for you. Kia ora koto and welcome to this episode about shoulder pads and being a bitch. <laughs> Joke. I'm so ready for this, got it all for this conversation because CEO is everywhere at the minute. It's everywhere. So Jennifer, how would you describe yourself to a new business connection? So you're, at a, you're at a LinkedIn local You've wandered over with your martini on a 10th and 1030 <laughs> on a Monday morning and you've shook hands and you've said, what? How would you describe yourself? Oh, that's a good one. I always say I own my own business. I always say, oh, I'm a business owner or I own blah, blah, blah. Whether it was before we did our stuff and it was just me doing the small wins company. But now I go, I own two businesses. I have a, a partner with Jen and Jane's Excellent Adventure. We help create confident business owners. We really like to empower women to strengthen their business and their relationship with boundaries. We talk a lot about money and helping them become a better business owner. And people are like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, empowering women. And then I go, I also own the Small Wins Company and I help businesses with their big picture strategies, basically taking everything out of their brain and putting it into a plan. They're like, oh my God. But I always say I'm a business owner. Sometimes I say CEO just to see what their face looks like. But most <laughs> of the time I say, I say business owner. I think I say I own a business <laughs> and then leave the company <laughs> and then go, bye, see ya. Yeah. And it's funny because I, when I go to those networking events, which I'm actually trying to go to more of, and I talk to women, I hear a range, a range you of things. Yes. And it's like, I just have a wee little business or I just do a, a few things on the side or it's just me. There's that one. It's just me. Do you freelance or what do you do? No, no, no. I own my business. I have a business, but it's just me. Well, why didn't you say you're a business owner? Because it's just me. It's not a big thing. And then yeah. they just start to go to town on how small they are. Why are you doing this to yourself? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> really confused. We'll talk about that more in this episode. But when you think of CEO, we ask this often in our programs, what comes up? And we often have things like, Shoulder pads, <laughs> old white men. If you've not seen Planes, Trains and Automobiles, I implore you to go and see it because it's an amazing <laughs> film. But there's a scene, the very first scene is a boardroom 
And then loads of people around the table looking bored because they all want to get away for the Christmas holidays. And obviously the CEO dude is at the end making decisions and he's not making any decisions because he's just taking his sweet damn time and everybody else wants to go home. And I always think of that image in my head when Mm. I think of CEOs, generally men, there's mostly men around that table. They've Mm. all got really bad 80 suits on, but that kind of stalking around, taking control, lots of like big tables with water and laptops and (laughs) stick to point at things on the side of the room but that's the image I get what do you see or what did you see when you thought about it before the CEO definitely skyscrapers and people running because everything's just an emergency you're doing your emails in the bathtub and back in the day CEO to me meant first off a man absolutely making a shit ton of money in a skyscraper that get to tell everybody what to do And isn't nice. That was a big one is this person isn't nice. So we're starting from a place of it not being very positive, right? (laughs) It's quite a negative connotation, which is probably why when we do ask women in programs or people that we work with around that word, there's a bit of a recoil. I'm not that. I'm not that. That's not me. I don't want to be that. That's not who I am. I don't want to be connected to that. And and a real push away from it. We tend to talk about it in terms of kind of two types of mindset. We've got an employee mindset and then we've got a CEO mindset. When we start to think about what an employee mindset is, it comes from a place of most of us in business, many of us in business have come from working for somebody else. And then somebody has said, either you're really good at that, you could make money from it. Or it was a side hustle. So you're slowly moving away from working for somebody else to working for yourself. But you've taken those things that you've learned under working for somebody into the everyday, day-to-day things that you're doing, ways that you operate your business when you're now on your own. Mm. And that could be working in a certain way that the work week works. I remember saying to my mom, I don't work nine to five anymore, mom. I start at 11 sometimes. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You young people, you know nothing. There's no room for trying anything new. And you learn as what you did as an employee now has to translate over into your business. That's a good one. Because a lot of the times as well as employees who break out and build their own business aren't even managers or directors or have that managerial role where they are having to be more strategic and have bigger decisions to make and take risks and communicate with a lot of people. We bust out into our own business without any of those skills. And it's really, really hard to get out of that employee mindset and into a business ownership mindset, into a CEO mindset, because we just don't have the experience. It's not that you don't know how, it's just that you have not been presented that experience to build those skills. When you say, you perfectly said it, there's no room for trying something new. I see a massive, massive problem in business ownership where business owners aren't scheduling in the time to learn something new to upskill when they've never had the managerial experience, never have been a director or have had to strategically work rather than just the doing. Because a lot of employee stuff, yes, there's a little bit of strategy, but most of it is you've got to-do lists. You've got certain projects you work on 
and you are very clear on the job expectations. Whereas business ownership and being a CEO of your own life and of your business, that's a playbook you create on your own. It doesn't come from the managing director of whatever corporation that you used to work at. You get to design it. And when you haven't had that experience before, it's quite daunting. You start a, a business and you're like, what do I do? I know how to do graphic design. I know how to do admin. I know how to do accounting or I'm really good at events. Then you just go straight into what you know how to do and not into business ownership. When we started talking about this years ago, I actually don't think most people realize they're still in an employee mindset. We don't actually recognize, oh my God, I've literally worked for someone for 15 years. How could I not take that over into doing what I'm doing? Am I allowed to have lunch at 1130? <laughs> no, because we always had to have lunch at 12 o'clock in my workplace. That natural, like we said, translation over into our work is a habit that we've created. But nobody ever says to us, or we never say to ourselves, oh my God, I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do this in the way that it was set up in the way, in the places that I worked before I did mm -hmm. this thing. That is going to be a revelation still to people when we talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. It still knocks me over every now and mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. We have a private podcast that we did last month and we talked about creating your perfect work week. And the amount of messages we got from women saying, I didn't even know I could create my own work week. I didn't even know I could create my perfect work week. I've never thought about that. That's an interesting insight. That's an interesting point of view. And for me, I'm like, you own a business. You can do what the fuck you want. I want to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> there we go. Our merch store is going to be massive. It's going to be ginormous. Every single episode, there's something in that. You were really shocked. I enjoy being shocked because it brings me back to the reality of a lot of women in business. Because I have ran a few businesses. I have been a manager. I have had those skills built. I have had that experience but I also am naturally a strategist. Those are my skills. And for me, it's how can we help these women build the confidence to step into that CEO space for themselves? Because for me, it's more of a natural progression because I have the skills and the experience, but how can you do it if you don't? And giving yourself permission to pause, stop, redirect, saying, you know what? This nine to five isn't working for me and my family. This nine to five makes me feel like I'm still in my corporate job. What can I do about it? What feels yeah. good to me? How can I define my work? Oh, I don't have to answer emails at 8 p.m. on the weekends because I don't have a boss that expects me to be on 24-7. That's huge. And that takes yeah. time. Yeah, but you also do not need to go to business school to learn that. You have yeah. all the answers to those questions in your brain. Mm -hmm. You can decide, I want to not work Mondays. I can actually not work Friday afternoons. I want to finish work at three and pick up my kids. I want to set my schedule so it looks like that. I mm -hmm. want to only have meetings on a Monday afternoon. 
You do not need to go and learn that stuff. It is mm-hmm. in your body to make those decisions. But I oh. think what we do is we just pull together what we've learned and then assume that that is the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. And never, ever asking, is this working for me and my business? Mm-hmm. And then defining what does work for you. Yeah. It's not just stopping and saying, oh, I feel really anxious or nervous or I don't like this aspect of my business at all. And defining that, but also defining what does feel good? How do I want to do it? And where does it fit in my business and my schedule? As we have to have both sides of that conversation, because if we leave with, well, I don't want to do that. And you don't answer and define, you will continuously go back to what you know. And that is something that all of us who have been an employee can take into our business. And it's not a fun and good habit, but it definitely translates into our business because as an employee, people were always constantly waiting on us to get the work done, to communicate, to answer the emails, to answer to your bosses. That part is the struggle for a lot of people. That's a consistency I would say we see with our clients is being reactive to everybody else's schedules and not their own and waiting. This was a good one. Waiting for someone else to tell us what to do. Waiting for somebody else to tell us what to do is, oh my God, comes up so much. Even literally in just recent coaching calls that we've done is, is the conversation around nobody's coming sweeping in to save you from this stuff nobody's going to come and do it for you nobody's going to rescue from it you have to actually give yourself permission but actually take responsibility for the stuff that's not working for you right now and recognize the stuff that is when we talk about being a ceo some of the ways that these can be translated into your business if, if you're like well how do i see that happening in my business that's things like setting your own schedule Like Jen just said, saying yes and no to simple things. I'm in a conversation with somebody and and then a phone call or an email comes in and you go, I'm not doing that right now. Pricing and money, stopping working on things that you don't get joy from or that you said last month, I'm not doing that or I'm not working with those type of people. These are things that you can make decisions on. If you you keep saying to yourself, I want to earn more money and I set up this business to earn more money, you can change your pricing structure tomorrow. Today, you can say, I want to earn this and not this anymore. Some of those CEO kind of moves that you can make are often really, really simple things Mm. that you can Mm. change very, very quickly. Yep. And it's, again, defining what CEO means to you, defining what it means to be a business owner. And all those things that Jane said don't come with a business degree. They come with experience and self-awareness and allowing yourself to build the business that you've always wanted, free from guidelines and templates and structure that you've taken on from a job you didn't like because you left it. (laughs) (laughs) You left the job for a reason to start your own business. Why the fuck do you want to take the bad stuff with you? Don't. How awesome is it that you get to build your life and your business based on what feels good for you? 
what works for you. And that is kind of like that intoxicating feeling of business ownership. Ooh, I get to make all the decisions. Ooh, I get to be the the CEO of my life or run my business and my life how I want. But it also comes with a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. it, It does. This is a really good example of when we're in a coaching call with somebody and say they've come to us and we're going to talk through the process of a launch and the dates and the times and the work. And then all of a sudden, they'll be like, I'm just going to get on and do this email marketing. And what do you think about that? And it comes up all the time. There's a flick to to creating something else. And we'll often say, do you want to do what, what email marketing? What's the reason for that email marketing? I just think that I need to, this is what's something that I need to get on to doing. And I'm just going to start it. But there's no pause and actually asking themselves, do I need to be doing this right now? Is there a reason for this right now? What do I need to learn about this right now? Mm. Is there anyone that can help me right now? And Mm. it comes up over and over and over where people actually create a whole new thing to start doing because it's Mm. just getting on to start the thing. And it's because the mindset is, Surely I should be just doing all this other stuff to create more things to do to be busy than actually asking myself from this other mindset, is this actually what I need to be doing and want to be doing right now? And Mm -hmm. it it comes up all the time. Hey, we hear it. What do you think? Do you think I should be doing this? Yes. Yes. We kind of love flicking it back. Well, what do you think? But also that is a prime example of working as an employee versus a CEO mindset wanting to work on a launch and then flicking to task of I'm going to start some emails and I'm going to learn email marketing (laughs) without taking yourself out of the equation and looking at your business from top down saying, how does email marketing help me with my goals, help me build my business, help me live my mission and values and vision and move my business forward rather than being in the work saying, I need to do email marketing because I need to make money. It's very, very massive distinction around working on versus working in. And I think a lot of people still struggle with that because they don't slot in the time to learn. They don't slot in the time to strategically look at their business or know what that means for them. Defining what strategically moving their business forward means to them? Or what does a business strategy actually entail and mean? And how do I use it in my business? And again, it comes down to not giving yourself time in your schedule to learn that, to ask for support and learn business strategy or learn how to think strategically from somebody who's already done it and has done the work that can help you in a much easier way. Email marketing is a great example because it then just leads to 500 more tasks that you put on your to-do list. And let's say you get them done. What for? What does that work actually lead to? Yay, you got your email marketing stuff set up, but you've never built an email marketing strategy. You don't know how to build the sequences together. You don't know how to read the data. You don't know how to build promotions in your emails. 
And then it just is this trickle effect of, okay, I built email marketing and then you don't use it because you don't know how. Yeah. And then you start another project and another yeah. thing and another thing and another thing. And it's, it is a vicious cycle. We also get into that habit. So it's not us telling you <laughs> we're superior. <laughs> oh Got it all goodness. worked out. Oh my gosh. We do this all the time as well. And sometimes I'll be even tell Jana, why are you asking me to do this work? Why are you asking me to answer this question? And I'll put those questions back onto her. I go, well, do you want to do so? Yeah, and, so? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, oh, totally. oh. And oh, I'm like, yeah. you don't have to ask me. You're yeah. also a CEO and you get to define what things are. It is a habit. It is absolutely a habit. And it's just being self-aware, knowing when you're in that employee mindset and how to take yourself out of it when you need to. You might have these CEO um, sessions set up in your calendar and something comes along to kind of knock that off. We don't say to you, ignore the stuff that you need to get done that's going to make you money, that's going to move you a bit, you know, to, to, to keep going with this, with your plans around working on the business. This is about you saying, what is priority right now? Something's come up that means that I'm going to get paid this thing or do this project. So I'm going to move that time to another time so I can get this, this <laughs> task work done. That is also CEO mindset. That is also you saying priority right now is not to spend two hours making a vision board mm-hmm. <laughs> with all my poetry and everything else. It's to actually move that to somewhere else and get the work done that you need to get done right now. Because that's mm-hmm. also you making that decision that that's what's yep. needed to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Some things go out of the window. That's just mm-hmm. life. But it's mm. you saying, what is priority for me right now? And this yep. that is to get this thing done that I don't actually like very much, but yeah. I need to just get it done. What would you say to people who make that excuse that everything is priority or they keep pushing everything to the back burner? Because I can see a vision board is important. It is an important thing to do as far as understanding where you want to go and what you want to do. might not be a vision board. It might be yearly planning or drawing or whatever you want to do, which I still think is an important thing for us to connect to. But what would you say to people who continuously put shit on the back burner and say everything is a priority? I, when I look at my week or my month or whatever, I have complete non-negotiables. Mm. There are certain things that go in first. For example, my self-care gets slot, slotted in first. And I remember saying this to my husband once and he was like, what, Princess Jane, <laughs> with her self-care in first? And I was like, yes, because what it means is the first thing to go is you and you're looking mm-hmm. after yourself. That's the first thing that goes when everything becomes priority. But also I try and do an end of month, take myself out and look at what's going on in that month. If you come from it from a frame of mind where those there's always something else that can take over that, I think you're always going to move those things. I have things slotted in that are absolutely non-negotiables. My kid needing to go to the hospital is the only thing that can move those <laughs> those things. Because otherwise my brain will say, that can go because I need to read that thing. And I'm not actually connected to the tasks that have become priority, but they're actually not connected to anything. Mm-hmm. Generally, I know that the things that I do during the day are connected to something. There's generally a reason why I'm doing that thing nowadays. 
not lists upon lists upon lists of things. We have sliced and diced. Nothing is a priority like that that isn't connected to a reason why yeah. I'm doing it. Because there's a lot, a lot of people will be like, I have so many projects on the go, or I have so much work. I'm so busy, and everything feels like a priority at the moment. And again, I would question: Is it really a priority? Have you defined what priorities are for you? Are they leading mm-hmm. to your goals, vision, whatever you want to achieve? And how can you break down those priorities into smaller tasks that you can do throughout the week rather than one big chunk or one big go? Instead of looking at work as in, I've got to do this massive thing for a project and then only allowing yourself one chunk of time during the week to do it. And if that chunk of time goes away and you didn't do anything within that time, you're going to feel one behind, but also you haven't given yourself the space to pick it up at a different time. So then it just goes into the next week and next week. And what I do when things start to get heavy or big, the, the whole priority thing, especially looking at from a business owner perspective, not an employee perspective, because if I looked at all the things that I actually needed to do as an employee, my to-do list, it'd be a thousand tasks long. But from a business perspective, I look at, well, how can I perfect my work week first before I try and figure out my priorities? Because I need to be able to get shit done every week. But am I actually allowing myself the right time for those priorities? Maybe you're trying to fit a big project into an hour and that's not going to work because you're going to say, I only have an hour to do this. I'm not going to do it rather than taking that big project and saying, what piece can I do for an hour and doing it then rather than just slogging it off as I can't do it because I only have an hour. And this is where work starts to fucking pile up because we then just say all that big project the whole thing doesn't fit into my hour. So I'll move it to the later week or I'll move it to next week. And then guess what? All the shit that you move to the next week adds to your week. And then you also have the stuff that's, that's there normally. You are continuously on this hamster wheel and not giving yourself the space to breathe, to be a business owner, because you just go, 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 doing, doing, doing. And I think you've got to really define what your week is first and then look at those priorities and say, the hundred tasks I've got to do this week, are those part of my goals and what I'm trying to achieve? Or is it just shit that I refuse to let go or delegate? Massively. We say to people in coaching, right, when are you going to slot in that reflection time of the month? And they might say, Friday at 12 o'clock, I'm going to be in my house, going to have my lunch, going to do it. And then you say, yeah, when that thing finishes, you have to then slot in the next one before you leave that session. Because what people do is they'll do it once and then they'll go, oh my God, it's been three weeks or it's Mm. been a month or it's been six months. Having something as a reoccurring thing that just pops up and reoccurs is the first step in you not having to remember to slot that in. Totally Mm. changed because we forget to do stuff, but I have it in even the end of the month, I take myself out for a coffee and go out and it's just a reoccurring thing and whether that can be in a cafe or in my front room or it's 15 minutes or it's two hour long it's in there every month so I remember to actually just stop and pause and do that work Mm -hmm. make reoccurring things in your calendar or in your (laughs) asana your life's best friend and I just keep reminding yourself you're the one that gets to make the decisions 
You're the one that gets to change things to make them work better for your business and you. And you don't have to apologize. You don't have to justify anything about that. And that guilt and shame that comes along that that's going to be a whole different episode because when you decide to make decisions for yourself, a whole lot of stuff comes up and deciding to step into your CEO space or to define what CEO means to you is going to obviously look different for a lot of people. And when you're in the progress of allowing yourself to be a CEO or embody the CEO that you want to be, a lot of internal stuff's going to pop up, a lot of comparison, all this stuff. But there are certain things that I think we did early on to help us jump into business ownership that helped us kind of define what CEO meant to us. Because again, what we started with when we were younger, CEO, shoulder pads, dickheads, and and greedy (laughs) men in skyscraper buildings. And redefining it to what we want. I always like to use acronyms and shit because it helps me remember stuff. And I remember saying CEO and saying it's consistently empowering ourselves, consistently empowering ourselves. And that's what I think CEO means to me and how I define it. And because when I empower myself or you or us as a business, it feels so much better. It feels We have so much more purpose and intention when there's something behind it. So even if it's just one task, even if it's just one small project, being able to empower yourself to make decisions, take risks, do the boring shit we've got to do, that confidence builds because you're allowing yourself to be a business owner. For me, that's everything because you start building that confidence. You start taking more action. You start separating yourself from the results of your business. You start being accountable. You start showing up. You start making money because you're charging what feels good to you and for your experience. There's so many things that happen when you define what CEO means to you or business ownership means to you. doesn't even have to be the word. But when you allow yourself to define it in a way that feels good for you, how can that not make you want to move forward? Totally. For me, it's constantly eating oranges. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. That's a good one. <laughs> you you yeah. make it work for you. Yeah. CEO, you're constantly eating oranges. <laughs> if that's empowering yourself, then fucking go for it. Go for it. Oh my God. If that word doesn't work for you, pick something else. It's mm-hmm. That's the whole yeah. point. The whole point is that you'll fit into something that goes, Man, that defines me. That mm-hmm. kind of says and embodies everything that I believe in and I, I feel about what I'm doing. And you go, get on a T-shirt, get on a denim yeah. jacket, people, with God, a big yeah. fiery patch on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, how do you want to identify as a business owner? If you still have the vision of a CEO being a grumpy, old, crusty, fucking walking corpse, then... You'll never identify with being a business owner and a CEO because what you identify that word as is completely opposite to who you are and what you believe in. Again, building the belief in however you define business ownership is super important because then you start acting that way. You don't have to be a bitch. You don't have to be 
sharp shoulder pads and and fucking toxic workplaces and all the other stereotypes that are out there. But you have to understand the identity behind being a business owner as well. And how do you want to define that for yourself? Yeah. Sorry, whoa, guys. Whoa. I, just, I went a little out there this time. I was into it. You should see my hands right now. I was into this conversation. I want a button. Those buttons that people have on podcasts where they press it on there. Whoa, whoa. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some of those. So remember, people, CEO means something different for all of us, but that is the absolute point. When you get to decide what it means, it opens up all these doors to you giving yourself permission to do what it is whatever it is that you want to do and that's surely that's got to be a good place to start a business from or to be in business from go out there you decide make some new rules for yourself and if you always have your lunch at 12.05 maybe try 11.35 tomorrow and see how it goes Ooh, crazy kids that's that's a little (laughs) bit scary 11.35 what are they 90 That'll be me. Just me then. And if you have decided to redefine business ownership or the word CEO, let us know. We want to hear from you. So drop us a DM. Let us know how you redefine business ownership or the word CEO. And if you're going to just take Jane's consistently eating oranges way, because that's also a great way to define business ownership. (laughs) And don't be shy and let us know what you are working on and how you want to show up as a business owner. Yep. And we'll see you next time. Bye. We currently have spots for our two-on-one private coaching. If you're wanting to explore, examine, and expand your business, then investing in yourself might be the first step. Come and find us on Instagram at JJ Excellent Adventure and flick us a friendly DM to start your journey with us.